Stay tuned for this episode's tech overview featuring Chillmark Digital's Barbara Albert. Hey everybody, this is Jamin here with Barbara Alpert, who also goes by Bobby, for those interested. <laughs> She's part of a company called Chillmark and uh, is our guest today, our actual first guest on the Tech Corner. This is a uh, uh, piece of, of the Happy Market Research podcast where we're taking a early stage company and introducing them to the marketplace. So, Bobby, thanks very much for being on the show. Okay, my pleasure, Jamin. I don't know if we are so much early stage, um, but we have an evolving technology. So I think that um, that's still kind of an interesting way of looking at it because Chillmark Digital is actually um, a 12-year-old company. And um, it's a tech company that creates video engagement and testing software that's designed to help researchers and clients tell more compelling stories. Um, and our main product is uh, called Resync. Some of the people out there might know it as ResponseSync, which was its original name. But now with everything being faster and more condensed, um, for a lot of reasons, we have renamed it Resync. And it's a media insights platform. Um, the company was actually born when um, work we were doing at the nexus of uh, media and technology in a television production company we had, um, led to more opportunities with clients actually on the technology side. And that offered some interesting opportunities for us. Um, and we changed our focus from producing video to applying technology to help make it resonate more with people. Um, a little note here just uh, uh, on where my partner Lou and I um, came from is we came out of the agency and, and research business. So we have kind of um, an interesting, somewhat eclectic background. Um, and we approach research from the perspective of storytellers. And as storytellers, we always want to know how audiences are affected by the video that they see and hear. And equally important, why they respond as they do. And now, more and more with social media, how they express those feelings. Um, and what has become clear to us over the years working with a lot of clients with um, our platform is that it's not what you say, it's what people hear. Um, and there's that little gap very frequently. And that's the place that we kind of do our magic uh, because we find out what is responsible for what may be the difference uh, between what people are putting out. Um, in their content and how audiences are receiving it. And we know how important it is to close that gap. We also realized um, when, uh, from really from the first moment, that we had to reflect the media world and consumer lifestyles authentically if we were going to get results that clients could act on. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense to uh, use 20th century tools for 21st century media. Uh, so this was also something that was very important to us. And what defines and distinguishes Resync to us is both its relevance and its adaptability to a changing media world. And interestingly, when we started, TV was just TV. There was really no need to define it as linear TV because that it was only one way. Uh, and you saw it the way people intended you to see it. Now people don't just see media, they actively consume it. 
and they consume it in the form that they prefer. Um, and one of the important things about Resync is that that platform was designed to account for these kind of changes. So what we do with that platform is to integrate data on where response rises and falls on a moment-to-moment basis, integrate it with the feelings and attitudes that are driving it. And that's all synced to video time. So it creates this integrated tapestry that gives you both a detailed and complete picture and one with all the nuances of the colors. And we're on all devices. Uh, Importantly, and we also know uniquely, we can create authentic simulations of social media platforms and test content both across different platforms and within a given platform. Um, So all the environments that people use to get their media, we can represent. And the kind of result of that is that we test the way you run. So clients are getting a much more accurate picture of, of what is happening when they're testing their content Um, and why it's happening, and importantly, how that varies by where people are going to see that. Uh, And a lot of the work that we have done has pointed out how important that is, and now it's not just what you create, but how are you going to distribute it that's going to determine how people are going to respond to it. And isn't that what you want to find out in the first place? So... Going all the way back to the beginning, not a startup at 12 years, um, at what point do you think a company stops being a startup? I have been asking myself this question now for just a little while based on a conversation (laughs) I had with Kristen Luck. Um, Oh, that's interesting. I heard from her the other day. Um, You know, I I think that you really hit on, on something, and I think that's evolving too because you can go off in a lot of, different directions. And I think, you know, from our perspective, having started off as a production company and having gotten that to a certain point and having actually kind of nested our technology within that environment to begin with, you know, we took that out and that was a startup, but this was not our first product. So, um, you know, we go back to having a, a product that we began the company with And we started with this product about eight years ago. Now, with things changing as dynamically as they are, I think you're, in a way, constantly in startup mode um, because it's also, we find ourselves, in a lot of cases, dealing with a lot of startup companies because all the new stuff is coming out of the new young companies. So you're kind of in that mode of, um, pressing, you know, the the reset button very frequently, and that is kind of challenging and exciting. Yeah, I don't know. So I would say you never, in a way, you never end that. <laughs> I think that until you exit, until you exit, I guess you go from constantly starting and restarting to a good exit. Yeah, maybe it's maybe the point is, and at which time MA becomes part of your uh, narrative, right? So. Um, that's, I, I've heard it framed in terms of revenue. I've, anyways, uh, longevity, et cetera. But like, is Uber still a startup? I don't know, but I think it was interesting. It was framed that way. So the measurement in context is something I'm hearing a lot of need around in among brands, right? So impact of ads, if you're in a, you know, getting ready to catch a sub, uh, uh, your sub 
uh, your train or whatever, get on the subway, or versus you know the context of I'm on my leather chair with the cat in my lap and a fire at my feet, right? So the 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 context of the consumption as well as the platform, right, is really is really important. Do you have a specific example of a project that you guys have worked on and and it delivered a great outcome for the customer? We do have, it's, it's an interesting point that you raise about the context, um, Jamin, because we have found that there is um, an enormous difference in the response based on when and where people are seeing it. And it's, it's not just the, the programming content um, and um, the platform on which it's delivered, but as you note, it can be very much the context in which they are seeing it. And because we're on all the devices um, and w- there is a great deal of information that we can gather about how people are viewing it, um, you know, we have, we have seen that. Um, there are, I think there are a number of kind of, of tales um, to tell as far as um, context, but I'll, I'll give you one example that was a cross-platform study. Um, that we did. And this was a case where there was a common set of ads that we tested on six different, uh, in six different media environments, ranging from linear TV uh, to um, TV um, from the web to an original network, um, YouTube channel, and three original YouTube channels, Machinima, Maker Studios, and BuzzFeed. And the idea really was to say, okay, um, how does the platform on which people see this affect how they respond to a common set of commercials? And we held everything um, constant. We, in essence, we created programming for the YouTube channels so that it reflected the program time of a network, a half-hour comedy and also that it was controlled for the program to advertising ratio. What was really interesting was that there was uh, there were big differences in um, both demographics um, and uh, by platform, but also not just in terms of positive and negative response to the commercial, but which elements of the commercial were most persuasive or most dissuasive um, in the various audience sectors. And what that showed very, very clearly was that any advertiser who thinks they're going to go out with a commercial and just distribute it the same way across all the platforms is making a huge mistake because there's a huge impact in how people are responding to the surrounding content and it's really, in a way, it's how fast their clock is running also, because there are the expectations on different platforms that you're going to see content at a certain speed, certain kind of editing, and so on. And so there are a lot of complicating um, factors, but it also gives a tremendously rich pool of information to clients as to how to be able to recut and repurpose content to be able to take advantage and give it a longer life uh, as well as connecting in a more compelling way with various audience segments. And that was done for a network. Um, the, the client in that case was the network and the challenge was really to see 
Um, where do the commercials do best? You know, is linear TV still king of the roost? Um, has it been overtaken? I won't, I can't really reveal all of it. All I can, all I can tell you is that the results were very clear and very actionable for advertisers wanting to take advantage of each medium and platform for its best reasons. Barbara, if somebody wants to get in contact with you, how would they do that? So um, the office phone is 212-744-0213. And if somebody needs immediate attention, they can call my cell, 917-847-3165. And let me just also give you email then, which most people prefer, and it's bealpert at chillmarkdigital.com. Barbara, thanks so much for being on the Happy Market Research Podcast. Thank you so much, Damon. I enjoyed it enormously. 